Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. She Slayers, and welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Brunswick, and today we have a fringe episode. That's what we'll call it. Well, I don't know. So I was just talking to someone about the podcast, and they were like, well, what, what areas, what kind of things do you talk about? And I kind of put it into five different categories. There was like finance, all things investing, strategies, student loans, debt, great. Then uh, systems and procedures. Yep, we broke it into that. Then leadership and CEO. Yeah. What was the other one? Oh, any health topic. So like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we also had like personal growth, spirituality and things like that. So I don't know whether this one falls into spirituality or personal growth or health, but we're talking about microdosing today. And I'm really excited. So let me give you a little bit of background. Because as you listen, you will hear that I have no idea really what microdosing is. I live under a rock in Wisconsin. In case you didn't know this, I don't even live in Madison or Milwaukee. I just live in small town, Wisconsin. Um, And, you know, my husband, God bless him, he's a little woo woo. And if for any chiropractor out there whose non-chiro spouse is more woo-woo than them, you can relate. So like he, he'll be like, I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast and Joe Rogan says this about supplements in a good way. Or like, I'm trying like, there's new supplements that show up and I'm like, what is this? And he's like, oh, I listened to Lex Luther. Is that his name? Um, or Lex Friedman, Lex Friedman. And then there's another dude that he listened to. Anyways, the man is on all sorts of like, He's doing the cold plunge. He's like more of an advocate for like getting an infrared sauna. And so he told me like six months or a year ago, like he kind of like was like, oh, I was listening to a podcast about microdosing. And I'm like, Kirby, that is not okay. Not okay with microdosing. That's illegal or weird and no. But as time goes on, I'm like, all right, well, let me, I want to hear more about it. So I sought out someone to talk about microdosing and I found Ellie Styles on Instagram and she's lovely and you're going to really like her. Um, but I guess I should say like, not trigger warning, but like apparently microdosing is not technically legal. So we are talking about dangerous prohibition stuff over here. 
but it's a good episode. And I may or may not have gone and used her promo code to buy a bottle of psilocybin. May or may not. You can neither confirm nor deny. But I don't know if I'll be as open on if, if I hypothetically did buy uh, the microdosed psilocybin, then I may or may not be as like forthcoming on Instagram about it because I'm confused about the legality of things. And I still don't have a, an answer about whether I'm allowed to do it with, with my, anyways, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to share it with you as freely as I did the worm thing, but here we are. Uh, another reminder, I am hiring <laughs> desperately. No, I'm never, never desperately hire. I was joking. I am not desperate to hire. Never, ever, ever hire out of desperation. It will bite you in the ass. Um, but also looking for an intern. So I've actually found that unless you're a super uh, experienced doctor, I like onboarding T10 interns straight into an associateship. Um, little piece of advice for docs listening. Just my experience has been so much easier doing it that way. Um, getting the patients on board with like, they feel a part of that student's journey to becoming a, a doctor versus like sometimes when you just onboard a doctor, that's a student um, or like new graduate, they're like kind of defensive, like, no, I don't want that person to be my new doctor. So I'm looking for an intern or a doc, call me. Also, we have a WDC, the Women Chiropractic Unconvention event is coming up in Phoenix or Scottsdale, technically. Elise Rigney and I may or may not be planning a dumb and dumber matching or coordinating suit situation. So if that's not a good enough reason to go, I don't know what is. Yeah. What else do I have for you? Oh, so I am lining up the rest of the year's episodes. I'm just trying to get a bunch of people on. And so I put out to Instagram, like, what do you guys, who do you... This is going to be episode 227, I think. And like, I've talked about a lot of stuff and I've interviewed a lot of people and like, all right, where are the holes? Who have I not talked to? What have I not talked about? Or like, it's been three years. So let's see some of the stuff I've got. Uh, Dr. Bethany Millums said mobile chiropractic. That's a, it's an interesting topic. I'm more likely to talk about it now that I have the animal chiropractic one under my belt because Full transparency, I was a little worried that I would, hmm, how do I say this? I would poke too many holes in the profitability of mobile chiropractic. Like I, I like asking questions. I don't want to hold back on questions. Like my goal is to never make a guest look dumb, but my goal is to ask the questions that I know you're thinking inside your head. So like some of us, you know, you know the questions we have on mobile chiropractic. So Anyways, uh, Heidi Havik again. Yes, she actually said she would be on the podcast as she gets closer to the release of her next book. Dr. Mo, <laughs> y'all. Dr. Mo, if you're listening, call me. Let's do this. Uh, Don and Brandy McDonald and their polyvagal work. I actually don't know who those people are. Karen Sloda. I don't know who that is. I don't know. Uh, table talk. So a couple things on table talk, I see. Meeg Stock said working through contracts as a first time associate from our perspective. Oh, okay. So you want Meeg Stack 
from a an associate perspective looking at a contract? Hmm. <laughs> okay, I'll think about it. Another one for table talk from Summer, Summer Hazem. Dr. Britt said, Dr. Melissa Sell on emotional causes of disease. I don't know who Dr. Melissa Sell is, but up for it. Felicia Devine said, us talking about golf. Y'all are, okay, some of these are helpful. Uh, Tony Evil said Kirby, just more of Kirby. So some are helpful, some are not. Um, but if you have an idea as to who you would want to see on the podcast or a topic that you want to cover, like I will goop the shit out of this podcast. And for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, goop is Gwyneth Paltrow's like, you know, yada, yada. Um, I have no problem going down some weird ass rabbit holes on health stuff. But the thing is, is most of the time when I do them, I end up like adding them to my life. And I just feel like I'm this walking experiment. Although I still haven't done Dutch testing. Um, after my most recent intro, somebody messaged me saying like, have you done a Dutch test? Because I had Beth, what was her last name? Anybody remember? Gosh, she was in like the first year, I want to say. I can't remember her last name because I have a terrible memory. Um, but we talked about Dutch tests and I bought one and it sat in my desk since then for two and a half to three years. No, three years. It's been three years. <gasps> Do they expire? I don't know. I think there was just like, I got stressed about like when I was supposed to spit on stuff and when I was supposed to pee on stuff and it kind of overwhelmed me. So that's where I'm at. Okay. Today. So Ellie Styles is a medicine woman, intuitive channeler, and podcast host. Her mission is to help rewrite the stories around psychedelic mushrooms and share the power of this medicine with the world. She's devoted to a life of liberation and oneness. She's here to love, stand against the anti-love, help all of us remember our innate worthiness, and reconnect to heart-centered living. She's a Californian and you're going to want to listen to the end of this because like I ask her, so we talk a lot about mushrooms, uh, psychedelic mushrooms. And then towards the end, I ask just some like more intuitive channeling questions and her answers are awesome. So stay tuned for that. So let's take a breath. Let's connect with our inner knowing. If there is an episode that you are going to want to like connect with yourself. This is one of them. I mean, oh my gosh, we've had so many good episodes though. Like Simon Floriani last week, like, can we just all just take a breath and just go, thank you so much for these people that are walking on this earth that are here for the mission to make us better. Like there are people whose entire mission is us is like for us to find more peace within ourselves, for us to connect with more joy and love. So let's just like take a breath and like imagine like a big old light beam coming out from your heart to everybody that you can possibly reach with your light beam. See how far you can shoot it out like a laser and just like send them like a little beam of thank you for like them being focused on us. And meanwhile, all of our patients will like feel their nose tickle or their ear ring or something like that. And they'll send a, a reverberating light beam back to you, thanking you for being here for a healer. So thank you, God, for anybody on this earth who is here to heal in whatever form or capacity that needs healing. 
let us remember that there's so much that can be done with just connecting someone to their inner knowing, their innate intelligence, and that the power of the adjustment is incredible. But what if someone received an adjustment and what if they learn to meditate and connect with their inner knowing sooner, faster? How much anger could be avoided? How much subluxation could be avoided? <gasps> we would be out of work. Just kidding. There's so much subluxation to go around people. Chillax. The mushrooms are not going to take away your practice. So with that, take a nice breath. Check where you're holding on to tension. Is it in your jaw? It's in your heart. And just release it. Feel where you're touching the ground, whether it's your feet or your buttocks. Feel the earth support you below. And let's have a really great conversation about some weird shit that I can't wait to find out if any of you start doing after this episode. In your name, we pray? Maybe? All right. Without further ado, here is my episode with Ellie Styles, medicine woman and intuitive channeler talking about psychedelic mushrooms. Enjoy. So we are talking uh, microdosing psilocybin mushrooms. Now I, so, okay. Question one is like, can you microdose other stuff? Absolutely. Yes. Oh. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So like, what is, because I I was like, oh, I want to find somebody on microdosing. And like my husband kept being like, well, microdosing, like what? And I was like, mushrooms. And he's like, like psilocybin. I was like, yeah, I don't know. Sure. Mushrooms. <laughs> like, what? So can you start from the beginning of like microdosing? Yes. What what is this? Yes. So microdosing as as a whole in a more generic statement is consuming a sub-hallucinogenic amount of a psychoactive substance. So this could be many things, LSD, acid, psilocybin. Oh, my niche and- really intense, yeah, really fast. My, <laughs> <laughs> my expertise is with psilocybin. So I will just speak to psilocybin because I, I personally do not work with the other substances at the moment. A sub-hallucinogenic amount means you're taking an amount where you are not going to experience psychedelic effects. So one of the biggest misconceptions around microdosing is that you're going to trip. A lot of people will also start their microdosing journey and say, I don't feel anything. While you will and may feel a variety of different things, you will not see visuals, you will not hear things, and the sensation should not be more powerful than having a cup of coffee. And so the microdosing amount ranges between 0.02 and 0.25 grams. And just for people listening as a comparative, a typical macro dose is typically starting at like a gram um, in a ceremony space between three to five, perhaps larger, depending on your experience with the medicine. But just for reference, a beautiful starting point that I like to share with people is 100 milligrams, which is 0.1 grams. This is sub-hallucinogenic. You aren't going to trip. You aren't going to see anything crazy. This organically can flow into your day. It's not meant to disrupt your daily life in any way. I hope that answers your question for yes. just a broader understanding. Yeah. Yes, that was a great explanation. How did you get involved in this? Like, or introduced to this or... Yeah. 
So I was living in, in a town in Southern California when I was living in San Diego, and there was a big community present with uh, working with plant medicine. And so that was my first introduction to plant medicine. When I take it back seven now, I guess eight years, I struggled with suicidal depression when I was young, like 14. And I spent time in the hospital. I was on heavy medications and no, nothing was improving. I thought I'm going to live with depression forever. And I think that's a narrative a lot of people with depression feel, that it's something they just have to learn to navigate and just, um, I don't know, just become complacent with the fact that it's just going to be present and exist. And I was one of those people subscribing to that narrative. And when I was 16, in the height of my suicidal depression, I went to a yoga class for an hour and something changed in my body in that hour that I was like, I've never felt this on medication. There's something in this holistic space that has to work, that has to heal. And from that day, and I, I obviously do not recommend this to anyone, I went off all my medications. I stopped going to therapy and I just dove deep into the holistic world. And I started with adaptogenic mushrooms, which are plants. They are not psychedelic. Um, so you hear a lot out in the market on reishi, chaga, mm -hmm. ashwagandha as a as an adaptogen on mushroom. But there's so many adaptogenic mushrooms that have healing benefits. And so I started with reishi, which is known to calm the nervous system, balance the hormones. I took reishi every single night for two years and noticed a difference in my depression. So that was my next building block of mushrooms are really, really powerful. And I started deep diving into podcasts and books and subconscious reprogramming and rewiring subconscious. And I was meditating and I was EFT tapping. I was receiving craniosacral, all of these things to get my thoughts under control. Now this leads me to mushrooms, psychedelic mushrooms, and why I believe they are the most powerful thing we have access to on our planet. In order to heal, we have to move energy. We can't just sit in the brain and work the brain out. There's energy stored in our body that needs to be moved. And I'm sure this audience gets that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I spent so much time working on the brain, but my body was holding on to so much. And so after doing all these things, using all these tools, I still felt this darkness monster in my head. And I was like, what, what could there possibly be left for me to do to heal, to truly, truly heal? And that's when a friend introduced me to microdosing psychedelic mushrooms. And I had done a recreational macro dose, but I was in my house with a friend. Our eyes are open. We're just being kind of silly and <laughs> having a fun time. And the the most powerful psychedelic experience you can have is with the eyes closed. Um, now in microdosing, that's not something you have to do. Microdosing again is supposed to be a fit for your daily routine to go about your day as you normally would. But I, I started microdosing a little bit during my corporate job. And that's another question people have is, can I microdose? and work and the answer is yes i actually did that in a corporate sales job for a few months and my productivity increased my focus increased 
And at the time it makes a lot of sense because I was taking the microdose on a, on a work day with the intention in my heart to show up more energized and more productive at work. Mm -hmm. And so the medicine responds to intention. And so it's, I'm not surprised that during that time, that was my experience with the medicine was that I was feeling more productive and more focused and in a better mood because that was the intention floating around. Also stop me if um, you, we need to circle back on anything. I am writing down <laughs> questions, but I, I have like six. So like you, you're okay. doing great. Perfect. And so I incorporated it into the workspace. It was not disruptive. I started with a very low dose. It was point. 07, so a little bit below 0.1, just for reference. And it, it was great, but I didn't do it consistently. And I quit my job in San Diego, I moved to Italy. And because I didn't have time, or I had all of the time to think to be to feel and I wasn't distracted by a 40 hour work week, and traveling and all the things. I, my, my heart was blasted open with so much that I hadn't felt that was suppressed. Again, returning to the body, my body was just squeezing onto so much pain and I could feel it and I could just see it in myself. And so I came back to the States for a couple of months for my sister's wedding. And I was like, I'm going to microdose for 30 days. Like, I'm just going to see how I feel. I'm going to be consistent and I'm going to follow a protocol. So I messaged my friend who made these capsules himself. And I was like, what do I do? He's like three days on three days off and just continue. And I was like, do I need to take breaks after a while? He's like, no, just intuitively listen to your body. So that is when I embarked on my consistent microdosing journey. And oh my gosh, I cannot believe we are where we are now. The first month, for many people is lots of, of joyful moments, is a lighter experience, is a relief from anxiety, depression that's been sitting in there. But what I really want to emphasize is this medicine is not something to go to, to feel good all of the time. Oh, medicine sure. is a teacher. Yeah, I know. I'm out. I, wish, <laughs> I wish it worked that way. <laughs> You had um, me. You had me until this moment of the interview. <laughs> Listen, all not all rainbows. <laughs> um, and and you don't have to be spiritual to even really get this. the The mushrooms form has been around so much longer than our form, and they actually resemble animals more than they do plants. That being said they have a consciousness and this might be hard for some people to grasp, but they have a consciousness like we do. So when we are ingesting something with a consciousness, we are receiving their consciousness and the form of a mushroom at its core, you could pluck a, a piece of DNA from a mushroom and put it in a Petri dish and grow it. And it's going to replicate the exact same mushroom. We are not centralized like that because we have all these different pieces and parts to, to become who we are, to, to function properly. Mushrooms are centralized. And if you think about the energy of centralized is unity. And so when you ingest a 
medicine that has the energy of unity, what is it doing in the body? It's bringing unity into our bodies. It's bringing the spaces that have been out of unity into unity. And we just can break that down into balance or ease, dis-ease in the body. It's healing the body in many, many different ways. And this, is show, this shows up in a variety of ways. But the medicine, in order to bring us back into unity, has to show us what is not in unity. And so that will become very apparent mm-hmm. in your microdosing journey and in, in your macrodosing journey. And it's it's loud. It's it's loud. And so it requires you to show up and to do the work too. This isn't a I'll take it, I'll feel great. I will say, if you don't want to set intentions, if you don't want to have any spiritual relation to the medicine that's your choice that's okay the psilocybin is still actively working in your brain um and this is a really good visual for people i want you to think about a circle and i want you to think about your thought loops as a circle and your thoughts are just spinning and let's just take the thought pattern i'm not enough because who hasn't felt that (laughs) in this lifetime um and that just moves in a circle and maybe it's i'm not you know, beautiful enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not capable enough, I don't have enough, whatever it is. Psilocybin cuts the circle open and stops the loops. And so in that, we are able to A, draw awareness to the loop, what's been what's been just going and going and going in my default mode network, which is where your brain goes to when you're not in the present moment. So basically, whenever you're not present, this is what your brain is running off of. So if it's I'm not enough, it cuts it open, the psilocybin cuts it open, disrupts the loop. And in this space, you can bring in a new a new belief, a new learning. And if we take this all the way back to depression and anxiety, I mean, those are thought loops over and over. I'm worried about this. I'm sad about this. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. So psilocybin just comes in and disrupts it. And it's like, we're going to open the space up and give you the opportunity to bring something new. And that's where it really requires you to show up. And the medicine will also give you those new beliefs and, and perhaps offer insight into what those things are. But it's your job to continue to draw awareness when that loop presents and make that change and show up as that new version of self. So that's a, a long-winded Oh my gosh. I have a gazillion questions. Okay. Um, (laughs) So let's talk about, you said the consciousness of a mushroom. Okay. So can a mushroom have a bad consciousness? And could that, like, can you eat a bad mushroom. Like what if you eat a depressed mushroom and you're like, well, that was a bad trip. Is that just like, no, 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 no. It's all consciousness and mushrooms are good. I am so happy you brought this up. This okay. super, I'm super, like, she's going to laugh at me. That's important. the dumbest question in the world. No, no, this is, this is actually brilliant and really important for people to know. So mushrooms itself, their consciousness isn't bad or good. However, they are like sponges. And so I want you to think about someone who is growing mushrooms, who is depressed, who is anxious, who is wanting to make a ton of money, but doesn't really care about the quality and doesn't really care about the people investing these. 
when they are working with those mushrooms, that is the energy that the mushrooms are receiving. They are sponges. They pick it up. And so have I had mushrooms where I've had darker and heavier and denser and like an icky experience? Yes. And I can tell I've tried over 40 different brands <laughs> because brands are like, here, try mine, try mine. Mm -hmm. And the first question I ask is, what is your growing process? Mm -hmm. And very few, actually zero, except for one, and it's the brand I work with, explained to me that they only harvest them in a meditative state. And so Flodos is the company that I work directly with. And their entire mantra is that we harvest these in a meditative state. If you're in a bad mood, you cannot touch the mushrooms at any point of the growing process. Um, so that just gives you a little insight to how sensitive they are and how important it is on sourcing because you could, and again, you can bless the mushrooms and set an intention and shift it a little bit, but there is a heavy energy of who has worked with them that will linger. I've seen stuff where like on TikTok, uh, where like mushrooms, they'll like hook up electrodes to it and it'll like sing or things like that like are there ways to test like the frequency of mushrooms so like or anything like that I told you I have so many stupid questions no it's not stupid I I don't I don't use any tools I intuitively just can feel mm -hmm. um but that's probably just because I'm working with this medicine all the time I don't use any specific tools I'm sure they're out there and I would love to know who's making them and where I can right. <laughs> Okay, so it was recommended to you to start three days on, three days off. What's the logic behind that? And then take as needed? Or like you did three days on, three days off yeah, for 30 so, days and then as needed? Yeah, so we'll get into scheduling. So I have two schedules that I love for beginners. The one is the three days on and three days off. And I found personally that having a concentrated amount of time with the medicine and then a concentrated time off allowed me to really see what was coming into my awareness with the medicine, how I felt with the medicine. And on the days off, it was very apparent and clear when I wasn't and what needed to come up, what needed to integrate. And we'll get into integration in the interview at some point because that's kind of the, the follow-up step to taking the medicine. Um, so three days on, three days off. And then one day on and one day off is just a really easy routine builder. I mean, who can't remember to do one day on and one day off? So I'm going to say something that some people in the, the field might not agree with, but scheduling really isn't that important. It's, it's not going to make or break your microdosing experience. The only thing is consistency. So as long as you are consistently working with the medicine, you're going to experience change. But if it's one day on, one day off, or three days on, three days off, or you follow another protocol out there on the internet, you really can't go wrong. <laughs> so before when you were in corporate America, like you weren't being consistent enough, like how often were you taking it that it wasn't consistent? I was doing the three days on and three days off, but I did it for like, I don't know, three weeks. And then I just kind of, I was like, oh, I'm good. Like, I think I ran out and then I didn't order anymore. And I was 
just in the middle of a change. Like, it just wasn't on my mind. And I also, this is actually a good point to say, I didn't notice anything crazy. And so I wasn't attached to continuing my journey. And I actually hear that quite a bit with people starting out that I don't feel anything and I don't, nothing's changing in my external reality and I am still this and that. The psilocybin is still active in your brain and you might need a little bit more. So it's okay to experiment with the dosage. And in the beginning of your journey, I really recommend starting at 100 milligrams Bounce up if you need to, go down if you need to. Um, you can switch up your dose in the first couple of weeks. Once you find your sweet spot, then you continue with that. Again, just stay in the range of 0.02 to 0.25 for the microdose. People who have been on medications historically typically have a higher tolerance to psilocybin. I'm not a scientist, and so I, I can't really speak to that realm a lot. All I know is that uh, a lot of people have a higher tolerance when they've been on other medications. And so people that I work with typically need a bigger dose um, in terms of a microdose to have an effective experience. Okay. So I'm curious how you describe like what someone feels when they take it. So for instance, like with my patients, um, I'm not like a big CBD pusher. Um, I don't even sell it in my clinic, but I've used CBD before during times of higher anxiety. And what I'll say to them is like, it's not like you drink a glass, that first glass of wine and you're like, ah, oh, it just set in. It's more like I'll take it. And then like an hour later, those feelings of like anxiety are just not there. So then how, like, how do you describe to someone like, I'm like, I'm just thinking like, oh, I don't know if I necessarily would want or need to incorporate it into the beginning of my day, but I would love at the end of the day, like, you know, to have like this work into a routine where I don't feel the need to like have a glass of wine or is it like, mm, that wouldn't necessarily help. It wouldn't necessarily help. And the reason for that is because the medicine is a teacher. And I just want to hammer this one home. <laughs> it's it's a teacher that's going to help you grow and transform and change, but it is not going to give you the lessons that you always want. Um, it gives you what you need. And that's why intention setting is really important. Because if, if you want to go in and say, I want to experience more joy today, or I want to experience a lighter experience, the medicine could give you that. Or they could show you something that's been keeping you from experiencing that. So you see how there's there's kind yes. of two different <laughs> two different lenses here. And that's again just to emphasize it isn't a medicine you go to to feel good or to take the edge off or I'm gonna go to a party and take a little microdose and just have a great time. You could have you could have a great time and you could feel that light and joy and expansion. And I that is part of it. There were microdose days in the beginning where I was like, this is the best day ever. I feel present. I feel grateful. I'm in my joy. This just feels really, really good. You're going to experience a lot of that. But if we want to experience the longevity of presence, of gratitude, of joy, of a life without anxiety and constant pressure and depression, 
we have to excavate. And so the first step with, sorry about the sirens. Um, the first step with the medicine is the excavation. And so that's why in the first six months of the microdosing journey, it's not all rainbows. And so when I started out, it was the 30 days that I committed to, and then I just kept going. Months two to four, whew, shadow, 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 just in my face. I know. <laughs> but I've, and I've never come out of a shadow I'm, period better, though. I never have. It sucks, but I've never gone like, <laughs> wow, well, now I'm a worse person. Bingo. <laughs> so this is, yeah, it's, it's really again. hard for me to wrap my brain around, though, of like you said, like, I have days where I was just blissful and feeling more joy. Well, that seems like you were like being mental, like, like you were high. So I, I still, I just don't understand mm. how, how, well, I'll just need to take mushrooms. Um, but like, and I've had friends yeah. take mushrooms yeah. and they're like, no, it's not like you're out of control. You're just, and I'm like, I don't get it. Like, how right. are you not so, high? <laughs> yeah. Okay. When you drink a cup of coffee, how do you feel? Mm. More awake. Similar. It's a similar okay. amount of sensation and more awake is such a great word <laughs> because the medicine awakens us to our true nature. And so when people say, I feel high, I feel blissful, I feel joyful, I believe that is our true nature. And the medicine is just helping us unlearn and unpeel and let go of the things that keep us from our true nature. That is love, that is joy, that is bliss. So I think we've mistaken high um, just in general as a state that is inaccessible and that isn't normal and that we only can access with certain things when we attain certain things but I believe that is our true nature and our true being but we are spirits in a physical body living in this 3d world and this 3d world is is hard so <laughs> I just even connected that yesterday when I was reflecting on my psilocybin experience and I was like this medicine doesn't change you it helps you remember your true nature and your being and um oh it's just it's so powerful and if you're if you're open and you're willing to meet the medicine and do the work it is the most rewarding experience I've I, I won't ever be the same do you <laughs> recommend so you had talked about how you had done a macro dosing experience just in your living room duh okay well is microdosing legal and macrodosing illegal or does there no? So no, there's no distinguished difference. There are organizations trying to distinguish that difference and promote microdosing to be legal. Psilocybin microdosing is, is just in its own category. It is. Oh my God. We're talking it's... about scandalous things. <laughs> <laughs> Um, psilocybin is legal in some states and it's, you know, obviously they have all their certain little laws. Um, yep. I ignore, I ignore them. <laughs> okay. So in some states, psilocybin is legal. Okay. All right. So then that just, so, okay. So the macro dosing experience, do you recommend that like as a kickoff? Great question. Blast off. 
So a lot of people ask too, how, like, when will I know that I'm ready for a macro experience? Um, I facilitate ceremonies full time. So I'm, I'm working with people on a macro dose level and I've seen everyone from people who've never touched mushrooms to um, people who have had 10 plus ceremonies. And I would say when you feel called, it's your time. Um, it's not something you have to push. It's not something you have to be ready for. It's not something you have to plan for, prepare for. If you, if we're talking about this right now and you have something in your heart where you're like, I feel called to a macro dose of mushrooms, then that's something that is there for you. And I, I believe that when you put that intention out, that it will find you in ways. And even if it's this moment where you're listening to the podcast and you're hearing from a plant medicine facilitator, um, maybe it's your sign. But just to give you a, a really brief visual of a macro ceremony and what that looks like, again, coming back to the most transformative psychedelic experiences with the eyes closed. And what happens there is all of the external stimuli that you are experiencing with the eyes open can come inward. And this allows for an incredible transformation and I like to say that a macro journey, anywhere from like two to three grams for a sweet spot, starting spot, is equivalent to four to five years of human therapy. However, I believe intense. it clears. I know mm -hmm. it is, but, but it's oh, beautiful. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> I can see, I can see the beauty in it, but like, oh God, it just got scared again. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's powerful and it, it clears also lifetimes of stories of narratives of unworthiness. And again, do I think you should start microdosing and then have a macro experience? I don't think there's a manual. Again, I think it's, it's how you feel intuitively with the medicine. Do I think a macro dose is a fast track? A hundred percent. Do people poop and puke? during a macro dosing experience? No. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm back in the game. No. Cause uh, what am I thinking <laughs> of? What, ayahuasca. I'm thinking of ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. People can throw up, um, but if you prepare their bodies and give them proper instruction, so fast the morning of, um, the medicine that I use from Flodos, and this is available in the microdose capsules as well, is absorbed in the bloodstream and not through the stomach. So if you're taking the plant, the actual plant, it has to be digested in the stomach. And if you are taking that, typically that is where you would have any sort of nausea or need to puke. Um, so the medicine that I use is is capsuled and there I haven't had anyone throw up. Um, when I used a different medicine, I did. But ever since I switched to Flodos, zero pukers. But again, it's it's really just in the beginning of the come up. Um, and I haven't really seen it happen. It could, but not to the extent that you're thinking with ayahuasca. Okay. Not like that. <laughs> I was also worried about during my birth pooping. Apparently, I just, you know, I must hold on to some kind of trauma of pooping in front of people. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Um, which brought up, you talked about, so I don't know if these were your exact words, but it was how... I wrote it down is that basically you were working on the brain, but your body was still holding on to trauma. And you were talking about the need to like move energy. And so can you talk about, can you talk a little bit more about that? 
Yes. Uh, so I just want you, so, anyone who's listening to think about an experience, a feeling that they've had and just ask where it is in your body. And as women, we hold a ton in our hips. So our sacral chakra, our solar plexus, your sacral is below the belly button. Your solar plexus is your energy center above the belly button. The sacral is your divine feminine, your creativity, your emotions, your sexuality, and your solar plexus is your worthiness, your personal power. And I often say that depression and anxiety are stuck in those two centers, especially in the solar plexus. And when we talk about the energy and needing to move it, when you have a trauma, uh, and it doesn't have to be this big trauma, it could be a, a small micro moment in childhood where you weren't seen, you didn't feel held, you didn't feel safe to be your authentic self. When you're a child, that can be shut off like this. Um, and that's stored in the body. So that sits somewhere in the body. So just an, as an example, my older brother used to make fun of me, like to a point where it just, it just, I shut down because of it, because he would make fun of everything that I did at any time I expressed myself. And so this put a block in my throat because it wasn't safe to express my authenticity because if I did, I would be made fun of. And when we translate the, I would be made fun of, I would be in society rejected unlovable, not accepted. And so you see where something so minute, which all, all siblings tease each other, right? But how as a child that you could, that can be absorbed and then held in a space in the body that needs to be released. And so what the medicine does on a macro level and on a micro level, the micro level just takes a longer journey. It, it comes in and it's going to show you where that is in the body, especially on a micro or a macro experience, you're going to feel where it is in the body. And it will feel like almost like a snake going up your body, trying to excavate it. On a micro level, it's likely going to come up in the form of emotions, releasing physical pain, frustration, anger, right? But again, just circling back to when you experience something, you receive it in a certain way. And that is stored in the body somewhere. Um, and in order for that energy to be released, it needs to be moved. And psychedelics aren't the only way. They're a really effective way. And again, it's a fast track way. Um, but breath work is another incredible tool. And I'm sure what you're doing is another incredible tool to move energy in the body. And that's the root. And that's why... I talk a lot about using microdosing psilocybin as an alternative to conventional pharmaceutical medications because those medications may serve people however they need to be served. However, they're not getting to the root. They're not moving energy at all. And the medicine's showing you the root of where something in your life has held you back from feeling joy, from feeling empowered, from feeling worthy. And even something as simple, I'm just trying to give people some tangible ways to start moving the energy with or without psilocybin. Opening the hips is going to release a lot of emotion. Pelvic floor work releases a lot of emotion. And then also shaking and jumping, like just shaking your body for five minutes is going to get energy moving from the body. So I hope that helps a little mm -hmm. bit. 
It does. And okay. You had to brought up integration. How, what, say more. <laughs> yeah. So integration is the process of taking all of your learnings from the medicine okay. and inviting yeah. them into your day to day. So in the beginning, setting time aside to integrate is important to understand the process of integration. So let's just say you have a microdose day okay. and and I have to it set intentions. Clear. Set intentions before your microdose. Integrate yes. after. Yes. Okay. I'm learning. Yes. And just a little bit, a little quick thing on the intention setting. This could be sitting down with the medicine in your hand, saying a little prayer to it, thanking the spirit of the medicine for its healing. Or you could just say, I would like to dive deeper into this. This is my intention. You can write it down. You can create your own ritual around intention. There is no more holy or less holy way of intention setting. Like do what feels good for you. Um, some people have altars and they have an entire elaborate intention setting. I personally say a specific prayer from ancient Mayan healing. I thank the spirit of this plant and I believe in its transformational and healing abilities. And then if there's something extra on my heart, I will ask the medicine to show me that. But again, this is your ritual, your intention. There are no rules. So <laughs> make up a, an intention process that feels good for you. So intention, medicine. I take it on an empty stomach, personally. This does press the enhancement button on the experience. So it is likely that you'll feel it just a little bit more um, when there is no food in the, the belly. Um, again, it might just be that extra little espresso shot ting that you that you feel. Um, and while we're on caffeine really quickly, because I know this will be a question, you can microdose and consume caffeine. In the long term, it can lead to burnout. And so just be mindful of how much what caffeine do you mean you're consuming. Like caffeine in, in the, general can it, lead to burnout or caffeine with microdosing? The, the combo. Oh. The combo. Um, if that becomes your absolute regular where you're chugging coffee, like three cups a day and psilocybin, your nervous system can get wrapped up real quick. So I still drink coffee. <laughs> I still drink coffee. Ways to mitigate the burnout is combining a fat with the coffee. So I do coconut oil in my coffee. And I just, I've reduced the amount of caffeine that I ingest. Mm -hmm. So again, you'll be okay. Nothing bad's going to happen to you. You'll just notice kind of a, how would I describe this as a feeling in the body? A wound upness when you do too much caffeine in combo with the psilocybin. And then we have to unwind. And the psilocybin itself is already trying to help you unwind and come back to equilibrium. So just be mindful. Mm -hmm. I'm not telling you what to do. Just be right. mindful. Um, so moving into integration. Again, this is bringing the things that have come into your awareness and the things that you've learned from the medicine and applying them to your day-to-day. And so an example of this, let's say you have a microdose day and there's a relationship in your life that day where you're shown it's not serving you. 
Like you have this moment where you can just feel this isn't right or um, this friendship isn't serving my highest self. It, it's, it just no longer, it's not no longer nourishing. Um, perhaps that drops into your awareness and on your off days, you dive a little bit deeper into that. Like what's not working about it? What's coming up for you? What are the values that you hold in relationships? And are those not being shared? Are they not being exchanged? Um, that's one example. Another example is if you're unwinding a, a mental health battle, it might show you the root of um, where this could have started. If there's a thought pattern that's been kind of ruling your psyche for a while, um, whether it's the statement, I'm never going to change. What if that, that might come into your awareness and it's like, whoa, that's what I've been, that's the program I've been living off of. So on my off days and in integration, I'm going to do some EFT tapping. Um, if you go on YouTube, there are tons of EFT tapping videos and it is a modality to help you reprogram the subconscious by tapping on different points that activate the nervous system and the subconscious. So you could just go in and type EFT tapping for depression, EFT tapping for anxiety, EFT tapping for a lack mindset, right? If you're working around scarcity and you want to invite in more money into your life, more abundance. So there's a plethora of things that will arise and the integration is the time to journal, to meditate, to, it's, it's kind of like doing the homework, right? Like the medicine has shown you something, you've learned something, now it's time to put the puzzle piece in and really invite that in and make the change. Now, I share with people in the beginning of your microdosing journey, let's just say the first six months, specific integration time is beautiful for you to understand how integration works and to just become more familiar with, okay, this is my processing time and my cementing time of like, I'm going to process, I'm going to put this into place, and now I've just kind of up-leveled. We're integrating all of the time. Integrating is a lifelong process. And so now, you know, after working with this medicine, I don't necessarily set aside time to integrate per se and say like, oh, I need my three days of integrating. It's an intuitive knowing of like, wow, I was just shown a lot and I really need to sit with this and process it. I feel like I need um, to take a break. Like to be like, okay, I need the, yeah. the higher self to shut up for a sec so I can catch up. Yeah, exactly. And it because especially in a macro journey, like I was just in a ceremony two weeks ago where I was receiving and I'm facilitating seven ceremonies this month. And I was like, okay, like I need two weeks without the medicine. I need to process all of this that I just had from my previous ceremony, I need to process everything and prepare myself for these ceremonies that I'm facilitating this month. And so I took two weeks off and just like allowed myself to integrate. And I do have this part of me that's like, oh, we're going in again. <laughs> um, and I'm here for it because it's what I'm here to do. But it is that energy of like, I'm going to go in and I'm going to receive something and there's going to be a change. Um, but it's exciting. It's, it's, there's just always going to be more to expand on. So. Okay. This is going to come across like a very type a question, but so 
you had talked about how like, no, it's not, you can take it and go to work. I don't know that legally, so as a licensed physician, okay, so let's just use, um, let's use marijuana. In my state, it's not legal. So technically it's not legal for me to do it any of the time, but let's just say I'm gonna get a, in a lot less trouble if I, you know, get high on a Saturday versus on a Monday when I'm seeing patients, right? Like as a doctor, I could get my license taken away. Now I will say, I think I would be a bomb ass chiropractor while like (laughs) on microdosing. So that set aside, I think anybody should want to come get an adjustment from me, but the state board probably. (laughs) So like how long is it in your system? Is it even detectable in P? Like, do you understand like, what I'm asking of like, so, okay. So if I was going to do a one day on one day off and I did Sunday, or if I did three days on and I don't work Fridays and I did Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, according to the state. I mean, it's such a funny question because it's like, well, according to the state board, they don't love that. I did it Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So it's a hard answer. (laughs) I, I hear you. And that's such a valid point to bring up because especially people in your field and in fields similar where there is more um, structure and intensity around, around that. um, Around the rules of your consciousness, right? Around the rules. Yes. It's so tough. Like I, I don't know if it's detectable in pee. I don't know if it's detectable in a drug test. Um, I do know who's coming well, in. Who's coming in, by the way, and demanding IP? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I know, I know, but it, it's so valid. Like, I, I guess all I would have to say is, you know, do your research. Look into your laws. Look into where psilocybin is on the scale of priority mm-hmm. in in law. And also just use your judgment and your intuition. Like if you're a doctor as you are, and you know that you're like, this is, I shouldn't be doing this on days where I'm at work. Like listen to your internal compass Mm -hmm. because everyone's is different. Everyone's level of risk is different and what they're willing to do. And um, so I'm not saying like legally you're good to go, baby. I get so many messages too. They're like, can I do this? And I'm like, well, technically, no, you no. can't. Um, <laughs> technically, the you legal cannot. answer is no. You should never do it. So yeah, it's really such a personal call. So that one's tough. All right. <laughs> so maybe my first time not on a Monday while I'm seeing patients. Yeah. This. Okay. So you live in California. Your family lives in Ohio. How has this been like? So you're an intuitive channeler who guides people through macrodosing experiences and talks about microdosing on podcasts on a personal level, like how, how is this like integrating your career choice into your family? Like, do you get like, how's the stigma there? Mm, Such a great question. I grew up Catholic. I grew up in the, in the Midwest, Catholic girl, a lot of rules. My parents were strict very um had high expectations of of how we as their children were going to show up in the world and a lot of great values like there was a lot of amazing values in the midwest um in my personal family there was definitely initial fear 
and I've actually had conversations with my mom about this where she was just it was just her fear around this um and I've been a mirror for her in so many ways I've just been the kid that wanted to like jump off of a cliff and go into the unknown right away that's just been my nature since I was young I've just always been uncontrollable and we have I'm really open with my family about what I do I'm really open about my experiences I share extraterrestrial experiences with them I share all like everything from the emotional human side to way things way beyond this plane with them and I think what they see is that I'm the happiest version of self that I ever have been and the most authentic and the most radiant and most magnetic and so my parents and my family see that mm-hmm. and they don't ask questions. They're like, mm-hmm. you are living your truth and that's what matters. But that was a journey of, and not necessarily just the mushrooms because again, my family knew I was going to do what I was wanted to do, but, and I dropped the need for their permission when I was mm-hmm. probably like coming out of the womb. So oh. um, I think like, I just, whatever make, and, and this is just something that I want, that wants to come through right now. Like, the judgment in our world is a result of us not understanding, but I just encourage you if, if you see someone and they're happy and they're content, like allow them to be in their, in their joy. However that looks, it's not going to look like the way that you want to live. It's not going to look like your life. It doesn't have to. And the same with you do what makes you happy and what brings you joy and what makes you feel seen and authentic and there will always be people who don't agree with it or have noise. And that's just the world we live in. And it's okay. We don't, we don't need to all agree. So, yeah. You bringing up like being seen and this and that, uh, and this and that. How <laughs> we are recording is, was last night the moon, full, full moon or is tonight the full, full moon? Last yeah. night was the full, full moon. Last night. Okay. Yeah. So I did a full moon ceremony last night. That's where I was like, I was remembering when I looked up a couple of weeks ago, when is the full moon? And for some reason, August 31st was in my head, but then it was last night. So I was like, I think they would have. Okay. As an intuitive channeler, can you talk about the, what we're like experiencing right now and the full moon? Did you do a, a, a macro dosing ceremony last night? I didn't um, because I have one. I'm facilitating one this weekend. And when I facilitate, I take medicine as well. And so I always space them out a little bit. However, I did host a little 30 minute Zoom. It was the last minute um, that I put up on my Instagram and had people come over. So I do little pop-up events like that. So I did a little releasing ritual and then the call, but collectively, and this is this is really exciting. Um, thank you for asking the question and just allowing me to share. We are collectively raising our frequency. And what does that mean? When there is science now, if you guys heard of Dr. Joe Dispenza, uh, um, yeah, there's he's science a about <laughs> we love him. We, we love him. him. <laughs> we love him. <laughs> he talks about the science and the frequency and the power of the heart. And now there's science on our magnetic field that comes from the heart space when our heart and brain are in coherence. Collectively, what's happening? is more people are coming into the heart. So what's happening? We are collectively raising our frequency. 
What does that mean? <laughs> we are going to be able to experience a reality that is beyond the 3D in on planet Earth soon. And there are ways in which that's showing up. There are ways in which it will become more clear. There are ways that it's happening in your subconscious that you're not even aware of. There are things that you will be able to see and do and feel within the next two years. Energy exchanges that seem very indigestible right now, but um, I, how do I say this without going too far deep? Um, Go deep. I communicate okay. with a lot of different, okay, okay. You're safe. I communicate with a lot. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, a lot of different beings I communicate with. And that's part of my channeling is not only am I just channeling humans on this earth where I'm reading energies and doing readings for people, but I channel other beings that are not on this plane. And I receive a lot of information from them and a lot of messaging around what's happening. And we have so much support in this ascension process, we'll call it. And ascension isn't a one-time event. This isn't, we're not going to have one ascension and be good. Like we are constantly evolving and we're in an integration period right now of the shift. And this shift is going to puzzle piece and, and land in November. And so right now is a purging process of things that don't align with this higher frequency. Yeah, so it's it's almost as if there is, and it's almost as if a light is being shown on the things that have to go. They mm -hmm. cannot come into this new frequency and the things that are like, this is a full body, yes. And so there's a lot of polarity happening and we're even seeing that with natural disasters. This is a part of it. And my heart goes to anyone that has, you know, been suffering as, as a result of the natural disasters, Maui, um, hurricanes. And I, I know there's a few more to come intuitively through next spring, but this is destruction for rebuilding. Our earth is not in balance and it, and it has to destroy to rebuild. And so we are in that process right now, both externally on the earth and internally things internally are being destroyed because we don't need the unworthiness we don't need the insecurity we do not need the shame we do not need the judgment we do not need the division these things need to break down and return to love and we're returning to love collectively and people are waking up and realizing that there is more for them and more for our collective people are remembering our oneness and to kind of tie the bow if we come back to the energy of mushrooms, it's unity. And a big, big lesson from mushrooms, especially in a macro experience, is how deeply, deeply connected we are to everyone and everything. And how I envision this is like a ball of light. Like we're all just a ball of light and we're all extractions of that light. And we think that we're separate, but we're not. And so in this, um, in this different frequency that we're shifting into this, this different reality, synchronicities are going to be way more apparent, telepathy, um, things are going to be much quicker. And then what I shared on our full moon call last night is when you start to, to we'll use the word manifest, co-create from the heart, when you are actually dialed in on your soul's and your heart's desires, 
you're going to bring things into reality much quicker. Like it's going to be in the head, in the heart, and it's going to show up. You're also going to get much clearer guidance on how to bring those, like your role in bringing those into the physical reality. So if it's a, it's a, if it's a heart-centered business, if it's a heart-centered relationship, those things are going to show up much quicker and you're going to have the guidance. And then one more thing on the shift is business-wise, non-heart-centered businesses are breaking down. Food, pharma, oil, things like this. Things that are not rooted in an authentic truth and something that is with our oneness in mind, this isn't going to be overnight, but there's going to be dense, dense, dense into these big corporations that have been so damaging. And, you know, it's it's the way we evolve. We, we evolve. There's no manual. I'm not blaming anyone. I think everyone's done what they thought is right and true for our growth. And right, this all stems down to everyone's internal shame, insecurity, and worthiness that has sat in their bodies, that has manifested into actions and words that are not aligned with the heart. And so this medicine can just break us down person by person and help us return to our heart space. And we will see the rise of conscious entrepreneurs such as yourself, <laughs> um, you know, just being a chiropractor and and people in that healing space and and healing too is doing the thing that you love. So if that's working at H&M and you love working at H&M or you love working at a coffee shop and you're like fired up, perfect, right? Um, even though, yeah, clothing is a, anyways, I won't go down the rabbit hole, but the rise of conscious entrepreneurs and businesses and everyone involved and connected to that and you being in your heart center is the most powerful thing that you can do to support this ascension. Um, you might have been physically feeling dense in the body over the last month, um, not feeling yourself. I've seen people having skin issues, like purging through the skin. We're adjusting, our physical bodies are adjusting to the frequency. And we're, we're in it, but our completion is November. When did the cycle begin if it ends november like when it's, and was this like hundreds of years ago or like a couple of weeks this is like lifetimes in the making but the initiation intuitively i felt started like at the end of may there was a like okay enough people have come into their awareness where this shift can be initiated and it's it's a collective result of so many people doing the work and the work is just the unlearning to any capacity is is the undoing the undoing of conditioning so yeah it's been a very 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 intense like may until now so if you've been feeling it or feeling like there's so much internal upheaval and change and uncertainty you're right where you need to be and you have a lot of support happening around you. So, okay. Yeah. So you had talked about channeling, and so when you're um, how you channel, I think you said multiple different types of beings. So are you talking um, like ancient people who lived on 
earth? Are you talking angels? You also randomly throw out extraterrestrial experiences. When I asked about your parent, I'm like, mm, oh, God, I want to go. So like what, when you say multiple different feeling, which we all know now is real because they finally, but um, what are you, who are you, like what types of beings are you channeling? So I can only share a little bit. Um, I, and I'll share a tangible group of aliens that I channel. I channel everything. <laughs> I channel everything, angels, aliens, ancient beings, gods, goddesses, um, from millions and millions of years ago, ev everything. Yeah, I will say this is the one group that I'm pleased to talk about and that I'm allowed to, um, because I do get information of that this cannot be shared. And that isn't necessarily because there's anything fearful or it's just, it's not ready to be shared yet. However, there is a group called the Palladians. The Palladians are light beings and they are more potent in certain areas of the world. And they're very, very potent in Sedona. Um, however, I channel them, I've channeled them here in LA and then also in Sedona. And when I channeled them for the first time, I was speaking their language and they communicated. And I, I also channeled them in a few ceremonies that I facilitated. And their purpose and role is to upgrade our DNA, our light bodies. So they actually help with this raising of frequency by working on us on a cellular level. The type of healing that I do in ceremony is a clearing of human conditioning. It's a an upgrade to, to the DNA, to our cells, cellular upgrade. The Palladians are more similar to our human bodies. They're like, they kind of look like avatars. <laughs> um, they're very, very tall, very like narrow, sharp features. It's like kind of like the contouring we're all trying to go for. <laughs> um, <laughs> Nailed it. And they <laughs> they are light beings and they're just here to, to help. They're not a threat. They're not invading. They're not so they're here specifically to, to abduct. Earth. Yes, they, they live in their own dimension, mm -hmm. um, but we can access them. We can access them in different capacities and they do show up in different settings and again heavily reside in Sedona as just one location and so what do I want to wrap this up with that's just one out of mm -hmm. so many so many different there are like good and bad um we'll call them like dark and light forces mm -hmm. and I don't say that to instill fear it's it's more so just reality the the reality yeah but again the ones that are here to help us are here to help us. And so I heavily lean into that knowing of protection versus the fear. And that's something I really, that they always want me to communicate with people. I'm really glad this is coming up because it's come up in so many different things that I've channeled. When the world is projecting fear, especially around events on, on media, it is so easy to feed the fear, to feed into it, to like, oh my gosh, this is going to happen and this is going to happen and this is da, 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 da. You are feeding the fear and that fear grows. And that is what I associate with the darker forces is that they want us to feel this fear. 
And I'm not saying like they're the ones controlling our situation. Like we're humans, we're going to feel fear. It's one of our, it's a part of who we are, <laughs> but you get to decide what you feed. And so I encourage you when there is suffering prevalent in the world, when there is fear prevalent in the world, the most powerful thing you can do is feed the, the trust, the light, the love. Like that is the most powerful thing you can do. And a lot of people, especially around natural disasters and when sad things happen, they want to empathize and they want to like share in the morning of, which is that empathy is important for a sliver. But if you stay there, you're going to feed the suffering. So the greatest thing you can do is is lean into the trust, lean into the love, lean into the belief that we can change our world. Like we're going there. We, we're heading there. And as, as much evidence as there is that we're not going there, there's as much evidence that we are. And so can you feed and be a part of this narrative that we're rebuilding and we are coming back into harmony and we are coming back into our oneness and we can experience a life beyond our wildest dreams. So yes, they're present with us and um, I'm excited to share more. Probably in the next six months, I will be able to have a very in-depth conversation about another category that's been prevalent. Okay. So then that leads me to my final question. Um, where can people follow you, find more of you? <laughs> and then also how would one buy microdosing mushrooms? Yes, absolutely. So my Instagram handle and TikTok handle is at Elevate with Ellie Styles. So you can follow me on either of those platforms or both. Um, I have a monthly membership. It's called the Medicine Cafe, where we have a daily group chat. I share all of my intuitive channel messages there in the form of audio files. So I put channel messages in, energy updates every single day. We have our group chat. We have two live calls a month and I have a section where we talk just all about mushrooms. So questions you have, you get to ask them personally and I get back to you on any questions you have around your medicine journey and just a space to, to be authentic and to share. Um, just people in that space are so heart-centered and it's an amazing community. So I would love to have you over there and you can click the link in my, I hate saying like, click the link in my bio. <laughs> um, but, uh, my link has everything that you need, including the mushrooms. So I work with a company called Flodos. They are a small company. They are incredible. I work very, very closely with their founder and we meet regularly. Their medicine is incredible. I've tried over 40 different brands. You can use code elevate for a free starter pack. So you get a little, it's a $40 starter yeah. pack and with, yeah, with any purchase. So you can just buy one item you get the $40 starter pack for free again I've tried 40 different brands this medicine is it it is incredible it's handled with care and intention and, and another thing I just want to say about Flodos, I'm like really passionate and it's not even my company but they are extremely extremely intentional about building this business around quality and for the people and not about growing so it's it's still making its way. It's in the beginning phases, but the intentions are there. And there are a lot of companies that see the race of psychedelics and the money in it. And I, I understand as a businesswoman, I get it. Like there is money there, but Flodos has is, is just doing it right. 
and I think that's really important and I, you don't even have to take my word for it you'll feel it in in the experience with the medicine so that's my little conclusion <laughs> thank you oh. so much for having I, me and just I, I think we space. could have had an entire second hour just <laughs> on like your intuitive channeling <laughs> We could have gone real deep there. I'm like, okay, we'll just have you back. We'll just have you back. Ellie, thank you so, so much um, for putting up with my questions. I feel so much more educated on it. And I I understand, I I feel like I understand now why there's so much, um, like our society wants to just like, be like, I don't understand that. So I'm labeling that as something. And it's like, well, because- there's like a conscious understanding that you need to have of it to fully grasp what it is and what it can do. And so like, thank you. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. And I may or may not be buying some photos. Thank you for just holding the space and, and offering the space to talk about this um, because it's really important. And it's the most powerful medicine we have on our planet. And I believe it it will heal us in so many ways. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. All right, She Slayers, um, go check out Ellie on Instagram. Check, click her link in bio. <laughs> um, <laughs> and until next week, bye. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCAD has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast, and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait.